When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> it would be a wolf, but eh? Hello and welcome everyone to today's episode of Wolves Fancast back once again. I am joined by the magnificent trio of Jafo, Matt and Stu. We are going to talk Blackpool just a little bit because I, I think it's going to be far more interesting and intriguing and exciting to talk about a lot of the transfer rumours that are coming up because it looks like Wolves might actually be signing some players in the forthcoming days, guys. Can you add them and eve it? Very exciting, isn't it? <laughs> uh, me, me and Matt are on different energy levels right now. Uh, <laughs> for, for those who did not know. Well, I think the, the Here We Go has had less um, weight about it recently, I've found. So I'm, the Percy Bomb is what I'm really relying on here for complete enjoyment and, um, and you know, exultation. Fair enough. I, th- I feel like that would be an interesting Twitter poll. Um, I think it the, would. Yeah, I feel like it would be quite heavily Midlands way down for the Percy Bomb, but I, I am a fa- I am a huge fan of a Percy Bomb. Uh, to be fair, um, let's get right into it, guys, because I know we're chomping at the bit to talk about the Nunes situation because that is a sto- that's a story that's literally developed since the last time we did a show, and bearing in mind we've we're on our third show in uh, what five days. And it's, it's taken about four twists and turns since Stu was in the hot seat on Sunday. So we'll go from there. Let's talk Let's talk Blackpool because it, it was a weird one for me because we did – it was such a professional job. We saw, we, we saw off a lower league opposition comfortably to the fact that for the first time in, what, since the interwar period, we had two strikers scoring – and another one who came off the bench to score as well. Can't, can't argue with it, boys, if you ask me. But starting lineup, uh, O'Neill did shake things about nine changes, um, I believe it was from the weekend. Um, most notably, I mean, it, it, looking at the back line uh, stood out for me when you at quarter to seven yesterday. Uh, Stu, what was your take on the lineup? <laughs> Trying to figure it out. Um... I thought at first, I thought, well, it's clearly, it's some kind of, um, it's a back four and then some other madness is going on with maybe eight Neary playing like he did against Everton um, in part of a front three <laughs> or some kind of four, four, one, one. I didn't expect a back three with Matt Doherty on the right hand side um, 
let's put it that way. But okay, if you ain't going to experiment against Blackpool in the cup, or when when are you going to do it? So I don't blame him. And after the initial confusion, I was strangely impressed. Yeah, it it, it all seems to sort of work, and we, we we're going to talk a lot about player integrity in the next hour. Um, but one man who seems to have a healthy stock of it would be Johnny, who um, made his sort of first appearance of the season. Uh, Matt, again, someone who is expected to leave and has definitely kind of gone down the pecking order at Wolves. Was it nice to see him in a Wolves stuff again? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, we're all kind of still pining for that um good time feeling that we had where Johnny and Co and, and you know Doty to a large degree were part of that um that group and I think knowing that he was injury plagued throughout his time here and has came back from not one but two potential career ending injuries and still puts the shirt on and puts a shifted admittedly not now at the level that he once was or the level that we need him at. I think it's good that he can still play a part in you know driving the club forward, you know, we have to put teams out. We're not going to do a Man United and, and choose not to go into a cup competition, domestic cup competition. So that's exactly what these players are to be utilised for, these squad players to kind of flesh out these these domestic cup games and give an opportunity to stave off injury and rest key players for big fixtures. Yeah, definitely. I think it, it, it it's good that I guess he's understood his place at the moment. And as far as we're aware, there's been no kind of uproar behind the scenes about it. And, you know, I think it, it could be quite easy, it turns out, for players to down tools at the moment. Um, you, you can see I've got certain opinions on, on, on the Nunes situation. But, um, you know, and, and for me, I guess the, the icing on the cake um, was the bench, to be honest. And the fact that we, we it had an abundance of youth, including a 15-year-old on there, which is <laughs> frankly wild. Yeah, you, I mean, the fact that we didn't have a shirt ready um, because of the betting sponsor on the sleeve, because this is so ridiculous. Um, but fair play, everyone saw the video. There you are. Everyone saw the video uh, before the game of his um, close control. And the whole adage of if you're good enough, then you're old enough. So I, it would have been nice to get to see him on the pitch, but I think it was more of an experience thing in the end, really. I mean, we, we talk experiences. Like, you know, you need to have a parent and or guardian to basically sign off on that, <laughs> on that excursion. Um, but no, you, I, I mean... No. Can you imagine with that? Sorry to interrupt. That close control against... A Blackpool team that were five nil down. If someone literally <laughs> would have just gone through the back of him and made sure he never did a step over ever again in his entire life, I just think, like, thank God he didn't come on for his personal well-being. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at that, um, and don't get me wrong. I, I mean, my eyes genuinely get a bit confused by the sheer footwork of it all. And then I feel like I just end up sort of losing concentration. Going, that's a really nice garden he's playing football in. <laughs> uh, question on YouTube. Um, big thanks to, of course, everyone who's joining in live with us um, on YouTube. Make sure um, to like, share, and subscribe as always, guys. Your support um, and love 
means the world to us. Speaking of, Danny P, regular uh, listener to the show, asks, what were you uh, what were you doing when you were 15 and how many police officers did it involve? I know that you're looking at me. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm just looking at a webcam, Stuart. <laughs> to be fair, I mean, it was you, probably around about 15. We used to do it on a Friday night. We used to go down the... Um, then the Tesco, you know, where they used to have the auto trader all stacked up in the in the uh, inside, and so we used to get these auto traders and kind of chuck them around to be like mild level hooligans until we found this reliant Robin that was around the corner, and we used to go like pick it up and move it every week. <laughs> but we, we never did any harm to it; it was fine. But yeah, but that was that was what we were doing. <laughs> yeah, that's so on brand. It, it, it could have been more on brand for you, Stu. Um, let, let's talk about the game, guys. Um, again, it was just a professional job, literally from beginning to end. Um, you know, deadline was broken after only 10 minutes with uh, Sasa Kladnic uh, getting his second goal in as many games for Wolves. Again, you cannot argue with his goals return for Wolves. Two goals in 20 minutes. Exactly. Yeah. Can't, can't argue at all. And I think that's the thing is, is it's only going to breed confidence, these players getting goals. And, you know, you, you can say it's just Bloodpool, but Fabio Silva getting a goal at Molyneux, Sasha getting a goal at Molyneux, it's huge for them because now they go out, they've got that little bit more bite and, and now they they can say, okay, they've done it. So the first, the first hurdle's already done. They've already scored the first goal of the season or, you know, it's Sasha's case, the second for him. But it's 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 an easy start from. And teams like that, and we, we, that's where we've faltered in the past a lot of the times when we've come against teams like this, is we've not took it seriously and we've not had that level of professionalism. And, you know, we've come unstuck. But yesterday, they put the right side out, strong enough, and they approached it in the right way. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think for both of them, it was a morale scoring effort for them both. And you say, it's gotten both... Well, it's got silver off the mark for a season. It's got a goal at Molyneux for both of them. And it really kind of, I guess, hopefully gives them that springboard for the rest of the season for me. And, you know, I guess the architect of a lot of Wolves' good play was a player, I guess, divides a lot of fans still um, in, in Sarabia. Now, I know... There are certain people on here now who are, uh, what did I say? You know, Saint Sarabia, and there's some, you know, who are more on the sinner side of things. But I know, and this is with the greatest of quotation marks. It's only Blackpool, but it was a lovely old display from him, wasn't it? But it, I don't really. Yeah, you have to buy the fact that it it was only Blackpool. Um, but the assists were still superb. Against it doesn't matter who you're playing when you when you put balls in like he did for them. And defenders to defenders, end of the day, they're still not gonna no one was gonna stop what he did yesterday. He was superb. And for me, like I said again, the Man United game, he wasn't spectacular and he didn't really do much on camera. And I think that was the, the, the big difference where people who were at Old Trafford appreciated him a lot more than people who weren't who watch it on Sky. Or other means, um, but yesterday he was head and shoulders above everyone. Which, considering he was playing for <laughs> PSG eight months ago, you kind of expect really. But like you said, Rich, we've and 
Jafel mentioned that we've had games like this before and we've had superstars who've featured because they've been naughty boys or whatever. But Sarabi has gone in there with ultra professionalism and just done his job properly. No pissing about, no crying, no moaning. Just gone there and played really, really well. And fair play to him. Well, that's the thing. Like I said a, 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 probably a few weeks ago now in one of the previews that the we will see the best of Sarabia when we dominate a game. And that's the thing is is we when we're in control of the game, he has this ability to find pockets and do things like he did yesterday. Mm. But the problem is is that for a team like us, that doesn't happen in the league invariably unless we're going to change the total way that we play football and go to like sort of the way Brighton play and try and dominate possession. And and that well that worries me with him that we won't ever really see the best of him outside of games like that. And how how does that you know impact his legacy at the club? And you know certain people have a certain view on him and say that he can't do certain aspects of his game, but that's due to the nature of the game and the nature of the opposition that we're playing. Yeah, and I think be- go on, Chief. I was going to say, I think that 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 is the difference. I mean, you look at the, you put the graphic up again, which, oh, Everton are 1 0 down to Doncaster, by the way, nearly half time. Um, Look at that chances created there. Five, but three assists. And it was the key passes. And it it isn't just his set pieces, is it? It's the 81% passing that got me yesterday. Because we've seen so many midfielders over the years just go wandering around and just misplace passes and the heads drop. And he carried on and on and on. And yesterday, we saw the best of him. But at Old Trafford, where we were, strangely dominant as well. That was when his performance came. Looking at how we set up, though, and the amount of chances we gave up against Everton at the weekend, we weren't dominant at all. Um, and when he came up, he came on, he played up front for some odd reason for a little bit. Um, but how are we going to take games to half the league? Because we could do, I think. If we're, if we're going to be relying on Saar and actually giving up a few chances per game and kind of running our luck, like it's, we seem to be going so far this season, it wouldn't surprise me if we try and play more like that and like the Man United game than against other teams and sit back. Because we're better mm. than... we've we, For a change, we've got players who are more comfortable going forward. I think there was a risk, was it there, that for the first few games, it's had a feeling of the the large mm. about it, kind of. Mm-hmm. Without that win at Everton, I think it would have been echoed that a bit too much, you know, a bit of a gung-ho atmosphere. Not that we were. I mean, it was one of the worst first-half performances without us losing against Everton. I was so depressed, was I? Not that I had the room to get out because the seats are awful. I just sat in my seat and sulked at Goodison. <laughs> just, it's just how bad it was. But we've talked about that at length anyway. Um, I, th- I think when it comes to Sarabia, you can't all like you, we all want youthful exuberism, but we just need like a level professional head at times. Like you can't, we can't always be the meat and gravy on the Sunday dinner. Some of us just have to be the vegetables that you just have to have on the plate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like he, he, I get that it's not might, it might not be the most exciting stuff that he does, but actually it's the reliable stuff that we need. Sometimes a level head when we are that gung ho team, um, and that's what I think he brings to the, you know, he brings to the table. I notice, and listen, I said only on this 
mere podcast about a week ago that we need to have patience in Fabio and stuff. And, and, and we still do, absolutely. He misplaced so many passes last night because of his like gung-ho attitude, which is great. And he scored and that's wonderful. And I'm really pleased that he did. But, you know, if you had a, 11 of them on the pitch or 10 of them on the pitch, you'd ship goals left, right and centre because we all know, you know, no team apart from maybe Brighton ever plays through us. They just win the ball off us and score. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like we're the architects of our own downfall. So sometimes you just need a reliable player to just be able to do the necessaries, get your 80 plus percent pass completion and unlock doors. It might not be sexy, but it's it's needed. Um, which is what I say to the wife. So there we go. <laughs> it's strange because so. when you kind of think of solid, reliable players, you don't always think attackers. And I think he can be sort of quite an unassuming player, Sarabia. And I, I don't know, I, I completely agree with like all, all your points because he is sort of that level-headed player on the pitch and like just trying to do the the simple things well a lot of the time. Um, but again, you can't just got to hope that, again, he can use this as his platform to develop and build upon and... I don't know, we might see a change in tactics and formation at Wolves going forward, um, you know, given personnel changes within the squad, and it might actually lend it to someone to feel for Sarabia that more of the play goes through him instead of it going through other players because it allows him to focus on what he does really well, as opposed to, you say, having him play on the right wing and be essentially the player who would get the ball in the transition on the break, and that's not really his game or whatever has been his game, to be honest. Um, I, again, a professional job. We, we ticked all the boxes when you think of going into the game. So we got our strikers scoring. Fantastic. And then we had the return of Matt Doherty, who... Uh, uh, could you wish for a genuinely a better second debut? Than scoring twice with one of them basically being the goal, like your bread and butter goal in a wolf shirt, didn't do it at all when he was away. Comes back onto a mole new turf and goes, You know what? This is missing a 70 yard run up the pitch for me to get on the end of it. Thanks a lot, big man. He's, he's scored more goals in two months than the whole time Tomato's <laughs> been here. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It's you know what I, I was hoping slash theory you bring up Smedo because I know you'll want to. I think we're all big fans. I love both of them. That's the thing. But, but Smedo's never going to score goals. Yeah, Doherty's a Doherty's a freak. This doesn't happen to anyone else. With and it, normal teams don't have goal scoring fallbacks, do they? He's just a one off, and it didn't even happen at Spurs. It just happens here for some reason. Yeah, and that's in the second goal. It was. He made that look really, really easy. But just mm. the, the simplicity of it all, just to slide it past the keeper, was just. I don't know. Welcome back, Matt. That's all I say. You know, it's, it's like fantastic, really, when you look at it, the whole thing. And I think what you said is right, Stu. Is, is is that you offered goals up from different areas of the pitch? Why would you? Why wouldn't you want that in your team? You know, I was I was going to jokingly say a minute ago that that Matt Doherty is going to be the top goal scorer in this team this season, but <laughs> <laughs> there's always a chance. So, you know, you don't want to stick your head on the line with that too early. <laughs> I think it, I think it's going to be interesting for for Doc because it's sort of 
it feels like he's coming as the backup or second choice, um, I guess, more than anything else. But I don't know. I, I, I probably gave him more flack than most when he was a Wolves player, and I'm not kind of ashamed to admit that, but he gets your goals. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he regresses you up the pitch in a way that Nelson Semedo doesn't. And I don't know, maybe again, same as someone like Sarabia. It is a pick and choose situation where against certain teams, Semedo needs to come in because we need him to, you know, be a lot more solid defensively than Matt, than Matt Doherty. If we are looking to, I don't know, try and catch teams on the transition. And on the break, maybe Matt Doherty, who's got that almost that instinct just to gamble the extra 10, 15 yards that Smedo's never really based his game on, um, to be honest. Um I think, I think the perfect yeah. example of that, if if you play in the back four, you play Smedo. If it's a back five, you play Doherty. Because neither yeah. of them are any good the other way around. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, uh, I was gonna say first goal. Great. Then there's lots of subs. Um, and I guess this is where the youth kind of came into its own because um, Nathan Fraser came off the bench. Big Alfie Pond came off the bench, who I feel like has probably been called Big Alfie <laughs> for a significant period of his life. Um, and Harvey Griffiths uh, come on towards the end of the second half. Um, Nathan Fraser sets up Doty for his second and then managed to get one for himself. Again, Local lad, it, senior debut, you, you just can't argue with it. Yeah, you'd love to see it, don't you, to be fair. Um, you just hope that, you know, this isn't um, the end of the road. Hopefully he gets given wherever, whoever we draw, which the draw is uh, coming up very soon, I think, isn't it? Hopefully we can break it live on this show, um, such as the excitement of the League Cup. But, um, you know, he gets given some game time in, you know, upcoming and, and make a case for himself why you should feature within the in the first team because, you know, it, it's so funny. I remember, I can't remember who it was on Twitter, so I apologise, but someone in the mad Twitter world talked about there are no more heroes within the squad after Neves left. Um, but there was a photo of, uh, it was, um, who was it? It was it Sarabia, uh, Sarabia, Fabio and Kalajic. And it was just like, this just feels different now. It feels like mm. this is the new the new guard and heroes. But, we, you know, we want a local lad as well, don't we? We It always helps to have, like, a local um, contingent within your squad, someone that you can kind of hang your hat off and be proud of. And let's hope that, you know, this young crop that we have, there are, there are people that shine amongst that group because, you know, it always helps with the kind of mental well-being, I think, of a, of a healthy squad and a healthy fan base when you've got people that you can sing. He's one of our own. You know, it always helps. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm completely on board. I, I'm a big fan of actually having, you know, for me, that's why you have a youth team and a development team because, all right, yeah, you, you might have them to make a bit of profit on, but the aim is for them to actually impact your first team. And uh, it, it's great that, you know, the likes of Hugo Bueno, bueno even, and Totti Gomez and Joe Hodge to a degree as well have, have come into walls and made a, a level of impact at senior level but they all joined relatively late on in their development having someone who's you know played for Trisal Tigers <laughs> uh, 
and has been at the club since effect you know since he wasn't you know since before he was 10 in you know one degree or another and keep progressing and you know you, you look at the size of i was gonna say the kid you know he's 18 and he 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 looks built for football and you know i think there's, there's obviously still a lot of development to go i think it'll be good i think it to have that another season at under 21 level for him personally and not go out on loan and get you know 20 minutes here and there but you know if we can get another chat in, uh, never been in a group chat but i would say um let us know in the comments guys uh, who you thought man for match was because because it's such a feel-good game and you know everyone's always got those moments to um you know, everyone's got those moments within that game. You know, do you give it Doherty for getting a couple of goals? Do you give it Nathan Fraser for being the 18 year old lad? Um, you know, or, or do you give it, you know, Sarabia for the assist? Who would you guys go for your man of the match from yesterday? You know, I'd say Sarabia. <laughs> He's not even Swain Danov. I just thought he was class. He was, as you'd expect, uh, to be head and shoulders above um, a team like that. But like we've already said over and over again, it's not a given. And Everton embarrassing themselves on live in front of the world again tonight um, shows exactly what the problems can be. Um, I thought Sarabi was brilliant. And I thought it hasn't even been mentioned. I thought Bentley was good as well. Like, he didn't have much to do, and he had his one what Jose saw like possession wobble. Um, but I thought he's. His kicking was good. Other than that, I thought his positioning was good. Um, he only got beat by that one that hit the post. Um, and I'll criticise him before on it. <laughs> um, he's not a number one, obviously, but he's very capable number two, which is nice to know, really, especially since one of our other signings is a third choice. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't... He's got caught for Wales squad. It's Wales. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my, indeed. <laughs> When when you when your number one is Danny Ward, yeah, what does it say about your country? It says it says enough to it. But yeah, I don't don't think to keep it back on track for where we're talking. I don't think Bertrand uh, Bertrand Traore, fucking hell, Bubakar Traore gets enough love for that performance as well. Last night Mm. he was classic Mm. period, you know. And and I was listening to to, I didn't get a chance to go last night because I was busy with some league FA stuff, but. Um, so I was watching the stream uh, legally, I must say, um, and I thought it was fantastic. And, and the commentator was um, from BBC Lancashire, and he was just like, "How this guy isn't playing for the first team? The the players that Wolves have must be magnificent because this guy can really play football." And I was like, "Yeah, you can see it, you know." And, and he's it, it's another one of those he's knocking at the door again, and these great performances keep players like Joao Gomez and. Mario Lamina on their toes, that you know keeps them on their toes, and know, they know that they've got a player like Traore right behind them, pushing them the whole way. Yeah, he's, exactly. Exactly. He's still a, he's still a bit roadrunner at times for me. He's still a bit. But again, like Matt said about Fabio, he's gonna he's gonna, he's young. He's gonna be erratic. Um, he's gonna do mad things. But his enthusiasm to correct the mistakes over and over again. We've gone. We've had years of players. Losing the ball and throwing their arms up in the air and sulking. Not now. Good guys, 11. It's great. Good guys, 11. Um, you're right. And I, I I really like him because I think, especially when he came to the team last year, like he effectively replaced Endonka. 
and he was just almost like the opposite of Dendonka for me in terms of just being this raw, aggressive player who was happy just to, you know, try and catch players, you know, on the front foot. Um, and, you know, he's had such a crappy time of injuries for the last six months or so. Um, again, this is why I think this performance, deserve, and Gary O'Neill in particular, deserves a lot of credit because he made changes. He's given players opportunities. He's tweaked tactics and formations. And it's worked and it's given, you know, apart from Joe Hodge, who's unfortunately got injured, it will give him a decision to make at the weekend. Um, hopefully, but, you know, does he go? Well, actually, it kind of worked having two big centre forwards on. Do we, you know, do we try and keep a system where we're playing that kind of formation or do we, you know, go back to tight? Because whatever we did, it evident didn't fucking work. So the, the fact that, you know, we've kind of tried to be a bit flexible seems to have, seems to have worked for me. Um, right. Should we take a quick break and then talk about players not playing? Because, it, right. it, you know what? I've, I've uh, <laughs> no, right, we're, I'm t- look, we're gonna have our ad break, guys. If you're on YouTube, it's gonna be six seconds. Uh, for those who are listening to audio, you'll get a nice little advert, and then you can hear us all rant. We'll be back in two, well, I say two seconds, we know it's six. This is an advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. We all carry different stresses, big and small. It could be from work, stuff going on at home, or just from supporting a football team. You flatter to deceive, and as the bedsheets have always said, let us down. We often bottle up these stresses and try and keep a lid on them, but when you do that, it can start to affect you negatively. That's where therapy comes in. It gives you a place to get these things off your chest, get down to root cause, and figure out how to work through what's weighing you down. Therapy is there to help develop positive uh, coping skills. It's not just for people who have experienced major trauma. It's about empowering you to be the best version of yourself. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not look and give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. With over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Our listeners can get 10% off their first month using the code betterhelp.com slash wanderers. That's betterhelp.com slash wanderers. Let's get back to the show. Hello, welcome back, everyone. Uh, and why the fuck? Would you go on strike when you're not even going to play a game? <laughs> that's, gonna, that's my intro, guys. I'm sorry it's not my clean mm. professionalism always, but I'm going to leave the floor f- for you guys for once rather than going on my long monologue and let you carry on. So, Matt, you're a man of most integrity. Thank I you. <laughs> ne- Listen it's to Cage fighting to see this. It's something I wouldn't so, normally why? Say. Um... <laughs> Well, I wanted a kind of pre-conversation about this was I was speaking to somebody at work today and talking about how, you know, how Bolly has goodwill, but Hennessy doesn't. And where does this fall into the like the, the two extremes? Um, and, for uh, you know, depending on whether you believe he intentionally got himself sent off or not um, against Brighton, I suppose, depends on where you place this in the in the, the the timeline or the or the or the line of uh, how bad this is as an offence, but 
it's pretty shambolic, isn't it? Like, you know, I know that from a kind of squad dynamic point of view, it, there is, um, you know, there is clearly like friendships within the groups. It's not like he's been isolated from the team and he wants out because he's been bullied and he hates it in that respect. The simple fact of the matter is, and Jay Stanford's just put on um, on Facebook um, about it, he's been told by his agent, he's been given bad advice. And I, I truly believe that that is the case. I think that he's been, he's had his head turned by a club. We, we None of us are naive enough here to think that he was going to be roaming the main streets of Whitmarines for four years remaining on his contract. Do you know what I mean? None of us were stupid enough to think that, but we all know that this was a stepping stone move. We all know how much Pep fancies him and wanted him and taught and, you know, talked, you know, hyperbole about him for, for, for ages. Um, but the, you know, for it to happen now and for it to be so blatantly obvious that not only has the agent tried to force a move, but the media have tried to force a move in Fabrizio and 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 others. It just stinks of well a lack of integrity. It's the anti-Kurt angle. This there's no integrity, <laughs> there's no intelligence um, going on here. It's just it's it stinks. It's 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 really poor. The only benefit that I can see is actually with Hobbs cooking the way he is. I think that we might be able to get at least a positive out of it with incomings on the back of this move if it's meant that you know we've got this bueno i'm sure we'll talk about and doyle at a cut price because of it then you know let's get rid of a bad apple and let's bring in some players that will actually help us with our ambitions yeah i was gonna say before we kind of go on to particularly the tommy doyle of it all um jeffos do do you have any kind of thoughts about the strike i mean personally i'm I can just about understand a player declining not to play a match to avoid injury. If, if they're on the verge of a move, I can just just about accept it. Or, you know, withdrawing yourself from contention or however you want to look at it. I think to go on strike and not turn up to training shows a genuine lack of character in a person. Yeah. To, like, fit to down tools that much. When... I don't ever think it was massively needed as a way to force the move. I don't, you know, I think also pretty, you know, pretty much shown that everyone's available for a price and are quite a negotiable football club. The need to kind of just sour relationships on a on an organisation who, you know, you are their club record signing. Frankly, that should mean something in the first place for us, you know, the fact that you are the record signing, you haven't necessarily produced to the levels of what a club record signing should do. And I say it's someone who likes the player, but I don't know. It feels like he has used this as a stepping stone, but almost as an unnecessary stepping stone to a degree. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It, it just all doesn't quite feel right, does it? Yeah, he could have gone straight to one of those clubs he, he shouldn't have really come here but it's like and i think matt said that it's not, it's not the right way to do things the thing is he could there's other ways to do do this he could have just turned up to training gone through the motions not put any effort in you know make sure that he didn't get injured man city could have put the bid in wolves would have gone the same thing no but we want this much because everyone's got a place you know we are in a position where we want to sell players 
And if if they really wanted him, they could have just done it the right way. They did. You don't need to vote and just and to get players to act in this way because it's so you know so is everything about their relationship between that player and the fans, and especially a player like Nunes who has not had the best relationship with the fans because his performances haven't warranted his price tag. Like several other players have been bought in recent years, that it's just it's destroyed it. His whole legacy at the club and his whole time at the club for being a record signing is pretty much ruined by his actions over three or four days, which is laughable, really. But you go, but I mean, yeah, bringing De Bruyne and Rodri, great, enjoy it. I I was gonna say, Stu, before I ask you, tin hat theory time. Which I feel like deserves its own jingle at this point, guys. I, it's, Matt, you're quite musically inclined. Mm-hmm. Let's we'll, think of something. We'll, 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 we'll brainstorm it after the show. Um, yep. Anyway, so Tin Hat Theory time. The Mendes relationship with Wolves is clearly broken down, right? We'll, we'll kind of agree. There's been a huge disassociation. Do we think that this ploy to go on strike was... Mendes influenced as a final fu to Wolves. Stu, I, I just, I don't think it's broken at all. I think we we just we're we're in the uh, we're in the level of the food chain that we've always been and we always have been, and we were told this by Valencia fans five years ago that we were a, a massive fish in a in a in a duck pond in the championship. So we had pick of the young players. As soon as we got promoted, we were the smallest one of a large group of teams that he's got influence with. So we're always going to get the cast-offs and the ones who no one else wants. And having his involvement and the, the, the nonsense that comes with it and seeing the bright lights and how it worked the first time round, it's just a massive cock up, and I don't think I don't think that it's that deep. I just think the guy could. He had nowhere else to go last year. He'd already kind of sold his, blotted his copybook at Sporting, so he had to go somewhere. A good year in the Premier League for an, a smaller team. Then he gets his move, which. Whatever, it's fine. We get we get a year's worth of a player that we never normally would do, and that was the whole idea behind it. It's gone spectacularly wrong because it's not football manager, is it? I think that's the problem. And we was talking about this last night that you look at the the players over the years who've done similar ish things, like Matt mentioned. Bolly was on his arse. He was never going to play anyway. His time was up. I think Hennessy did it for that one game, but it was Gillingham in the league he should never have been playing in any way which you can again he's still trained um you can kind of understand it Sacco did the same in league one but again admitting his mistake pulled his pulled his socks up he was superb for the rest of the season this is on a par with Henry Kamara back 20 years ago where you think well he was instrumental in that in that season we didn't quite stay up Everyone all wanked the sell silly over Senegal flags, giving him player of the season, which was a farce, to make him stay. And then he laughed anyway, because effectively down tools. But at least that was the end of the season. This is the worst we've ever had for me, because it's just unforgivable. There's no need to do it. 
like, like you've all said, like everyone said, he was going to Man City regardless. And the thing that he's done is ruining his own reputation in the game. Let alone for us, he doesn't give a flying fuck what we think. Who cares? But there were so many City fans on X um, saying, do we really want someone like this around the club? When what happens in 12 months time when Real Madrid or Barca or Saudi come calling, it's clearly going to go. It's clearly going to down tools and fuck off there. So you think, okay, you know what you're buying. They've still bought him anyway, we, hopefully, um, which is wonderful for us. But from a guy who's clearly very, very intelligent, he speaks multiple languages. We've seen all the interviews with him. He know, he's got his head screwed on. This ain't some kid being tapped up and his agent said, oh, you be a good boy now. You go and do what I say. He's 25. He knows what he's doing. I've got no sympathy for the guy. And if there's any justice in the world, in September, he's going to get the Danny Mills treatment and he's going to crumble. That would be perfect. Because he, if anyone deserves it, he does for what he's done. I mean, Vyarin, I, I, I agree um, with, with the last bit. Vyarin is he probably won't play an awful lot. Um, which is a shame. But let's talk about the deal because I know, Stu, you were kind of, I say, umming and ahhing about what, what's a good deal for Wolves. I think a lot of fans were in terms of, you know, we bought him for around 40 million. What's the markup to make this actually make sense? And effectively, it's a deal worth a, a, a Percy bomb, as it were, guys, um, from John Percy at the Telegraph. Um, it's effectively, it's a 60 million, the deal's worth around 60 million. Um, which is a club record sale for us. It does include a um, move for Tommy Doyle, who was previously at Sheffield United last season on loan and did very well. Um, effectively, it's a season-long loan, um, and I think the transfer fee is around £5 million for him. So I think there's a bit of manipulation in terms of the costings of it, but... I, I, from from what I saw and gathered from last year, hit him and uh, the other Manchester City loanee, um, James McAtee, mm-hmm. um, you know, were both exceptional for Sheffield United last season and Son, who looked like he could make the step up to this division. So all, all in all, we all kind of happy with the, with the overall value, even if it includes a player as well. I think I am now. I think... I was annoyed because you had that you had the sixty million thing, and you had. We know one of the clubs said that today. He was on Sky saying Wolves won't accept anything less than sixty million. And I thought, well, if that's the line in the sand, then that's what we got to stick by, and we can't be look like pushovers. But when you think about it, you think what he's done. I mean, he's brought this valuation down. He's messed this up, mm. um, and you think, well, we've effectively got our money back on a player who didn't really do anything. Um, which, whatever, it's it's almost like good old Hobbs is whitewashed the whole of Sellers' mental last twelve months. Like all of his all of his wasters have gone, which is true. You look at who's who's left. Geddes has been dismissed again. Or we'll get on to it soon. Um, uh, unfortunately, Nathan Collins had to leave, and. Now, he's gone as well. So you think, well, okay, he's undoing the bad things what have happened in the past year. But then you look at this deal and you think, okay, we've got our money back for him. We've got the option. We've got 12 months of the best, one of the best kids in the championship last year with the option to get him for 5 million quid when we've got money again, um, which is quite ridiculous, really. 
And then we, we've got another one because of the City Group connection coming through a, a knockdown price. So overall, I think we probably do come out of it better. Long term, if he lives up to his potential, Nunes is going to be one of the best players in the league, obviously. But that's never going to happen here, is it? So I think if you look at it, once I've calmed down and stopped being reactionary again, once I've thought about it, actually, we've done pretty well. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think it's long term. And you've got to look at players like Tom Doyle and, you know, Bueno. These players could come in and they could have quite good careers. And, and the fact is they fill gaps that are kind of needed, especially Tom, Tom Tommy Doyle, you know, homegrown player. He fills a gap within that quota that's probably needed, you know. And Hobbs now has got a very hard job and uh, important job to bring in a certain level of young player that can develop that we can sell on for potentially profit further down the line and ha having these players and, and having this sort of Southampton how they used to do it and how Brighton are doing it currently and develop these players over a season a couple of seasons then turn them over for big profit you need to know what you're doing within the scouting network and you need to know that you can develop these players so you have a certain level of, of quality of coach at the club and it looks like we're going in that sort of direction and that is going to be the model because sustainability is going to be key to us under the next few years of false and if nobody comes in and buys the club mm. i think it's clear that that the whole like nc so brighton mm. model is it's the way that we're going to have to operate i think it's more of a case of necessity than it is for want i think in some regards because we're not i mean we've always you know it's always been said that that whole kind of 10 to 15 mil, 5 to 10, even mil signings have been the most beneficial to us, not only on the pitch, but then in the, in the transfer kind of outgoings as well. So uh, I think, yeah, it's been a it's been a quite an unsavoury few days with the whole um, Nunes thing. But, you know, if what you read is true, that the sell-on clause for Doyle, if we was to buy him, was like 50%. That's the rumour that's doing the rounds at the mm. moment. That tells you everything about the player, doesn't it, really? Yeah. What kind of city are, what their expectations are of, them, of, of, the, of the lad. Um, and that should, we should really be excited about that. And actually, is he a player that we end up building around in the future? And then we won't want to sell him anyway. You know what I mean? It's just, um, I think we should be excited by it. We need bodies through the door. I think the most, I think... As important as bolstering the midfield is is bolstering the back line. Um, and I think especially if, you know, the way O'Neill wants to um, play with this kind of very high press that scares me a little bit with Dawson, no, no matter how reliable he is, the rumours around a centre-back signing as well bring me a little bit more, well, gives me it makes it easier to sleep at night, I think. Well, I was going to say, it feels like it's been all but confirmed that Wolves will sign uh, Santiago Bueno. So we could have two Buenos um, at the back. Um, again, there is a Man City link there in terms of their ownership group, whether we've managed to get that cut price deal as well alongside Nunes, I don't quite know. But again, ticks a lot of boxes, I think, for what we're looking for. We say he's young. Pardon me, I think he's only 27 or got in my head. Um you know, as I saw Gully um, 
said on Twitter, the fact that he's a Uruguay in the centre half fills me with a loss of faith. <laughs> well, yeah, it does. And, you know, I was listening to Tim Vickery earlier and he, you know, uh, South American football expert, as he's always touted as. And he was saying about how it's exactly what kind of Wolves need, actually a player that doesn't mind being that little bit further up the field of play as well. Um, if Wolves are going to play that kind of style, um, it would suit, really. Um, and Gully's right, you know. Our record in the charity games, notwithstanding, Gully does have a good eye for um, the kind of defensive side of the the game. And, you know, Uruguayan centre-backs are exactly what you need. No nonsense, no frills. He's not going to be there doing... He's not going to try and emulate opponents and or do a Rabona in the middle of the pitch <laughs> or play us into trouble. Might stop some of the South Bank being so panicky as well, maybe, because I don't know how much he'll pass around the back. Um, but, yeah, I think... It, that's the signing for me that really, you know, because we've got a good squad. No, we've got a good um, 15 or so, but bolstering for um, when, you know, we can't constantly rely on Dawson and um, and Kilman. You know, Totti scared me yesterday, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think a centre-back signing is, is is very high on the priority list. Definitely. I think Wolves are still getting linked with uh, Nico um, Alvedi from um, Marching Gladbach, which I, I I don't see both coming in. So I think, you know what, if, if we get Santi Bueno, I think that's a really solid addition. And if we end, you know, if we are, if our four centre-backs going into essentially the first half of the season are Dawson, Kilman, Bueno and Tony Gomez... I don't think that's awful in terms well, of your chart. Not if we're playing a back four. If you're playing a back five, it's asking for trouble. Which, if that experiment yesterday and how well it worked is anything to go by, maybe yeah. we do need to. But again, that that'll be that'd be cruel on Totti Gomez because he's going to get left out again. And yeah, he's. I think he he fits into the young erratic model as well, where. And he doesn't help himself with his running style. Looks a bit odd. Mm. He looks a bit like he's being controlled by someone else, which is never good. Um, but I, that's just how he is. I don't. I don't. I don't think that's ever going to change. He just runs in a weird way. I think. I, think, I, I don't know. Ugh, I was going to say I don't want to be harsh on him, but for me, he is a very much a fourth choice centre half at Premier League level. Toti Gomez. It is it, mm. it's, it's the would be how I to sort of surmise it, but again, we probably said the same. We said the same thing about Max Killen three years ago. Some people did. Mm. I mean, we've you've always been part of the KKK, Stu. Yeah. For what about Kilman? <laughs> I, I love setting you guys up right. Um, in terms of some other transfers, so. We've talked uh, Santiago Bueno coming in, the other one which looks very likely to happen because he has been spotted at Birmingham Airport, which is, I don't know, it upsets me because it should be an it should be an Asda or the Mount. But Wolves are set to sign um, Paraguayan youngster Enzo Gonzalez um, for around £5 million, who is, from all accounts, um, from what I've seen on Twitter, a very exciting um, left-footed winger. Um, and again, whether he's someone who directly comes into the first team or we development squad him, I don't quite know. But again, the clips you see of him online, 
he's got a bit about him, right? He's a bit, reminds me a bit of like the videos we saw of Chiquinho. I think mm. Chiquinho, who, who cost three million quid and had more assists last season than Matthias Nunes. Um, so, but again, if he's coming in, I think one of the um, the Expressor Star video yesterday, Matt Meyer said, if anyone's watching the, the Paraguayan Premier League, you've got to get out more. Um, no one's really got a clue who this kid is other than the uh, obligatory YouTube video. So, again, it's a good thing because we're not like Villa who just buy players who everyone knows off FIFA, it seems. We've actually, yeah. there's actually work got into this, which is a nice feeling that they actually seem to know what they're doing now. And he, if he, he fits the role of what Neto should be, and then the gully's been on this for the last couple of days on Twitter saying, cut it inside and shooting with your other foot. And you can do that clearly. Um, which if we are going to continue playing inverted wide men, then is a must really. So it wouldn't surprise me if because we have only got a squad of 14, 15 players who can actually be relied upon, then he'll get his chance more sooner rather than later really. But again, it's a, it's a step in the right direction. I'd rather have players that like this who have two years, three years. If they do well, we make money on them. Great. Mm. If they're not coming in for stupid money that we can't really afford with a massive ego and reputation just to piss about. Yeah. I think the key thing out of this that comes out is that we need more players in the Premier League who wear braces because <laughs> it, there can't be many, can there? And he's definitely uh he's definitely the only one at Wolves, I think. Definitely with around that first team squad. So say, he, is, he is a young uh, he I I I'm, I know Alfie Pond's a little bit older than I'm pretty sure. But the fact that those two are basically about 12 months apart blows my mind. Mm. Um, for, for, uh, it's one of those. But, um, Stu, you're right in terms of, you know, I, I, I agree with you. I'd rather sign players who could improve and have got the desire to improve rather than these big bloated players who don't necessarily want to be here. And one of the reasons why we're actually being able to get some players in at the very last minute is because we've managed to finally shift Gonzalo Guedes. There's your link, guys. Um, he's gone alone to Benfica for the season. And the reason why I mention it is Matt Hobbs's uh, statement um, following the announcement was very leading, if you ask me. Um, the quote was, um, the fact that we can use his wages to hopefully supplement other deals this week, this last week, can only be a positive for us it frees up money to be spent elsewhere and gives him an opportunity to play games. You know Which... what? When when we ask for transparency and all the good things about <laughs> Ask Wolves, this is the kind of thing we mean. Do you know what I mean? Short mm. little statement like that, a little bit of a snippet of breaking the fourth wall and people lap it up and I can't blame them. Like, what a perfect little statement just to come out about it and it gets everybody on side. Well done, Hobbs. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. And it's it's not been generated by Chat GPT like Jeff She's vid letter obviously was, as Nate clearly pointed out by do putting the same fact into Chat GPT and coming out with the same thing. <laughs> um yeah. I hate that bloke anyway. Not Nate, get us. <laughs> um I hated him for years. Ever since I saw him for Portugal in the twenty ones, I hated him then. <laughs> I thought this guy's a chancer, and so he's proved through his whole life. I I, I don't get him. I don't get how he keeps getting these chances. 
He's just our Winston Bogart. Eh? He's just going to be a constant drain until he leaves on a free in like two, three years' time, whatever it is. Um, I just, again, he never wanted to be here in the first place. He came because of his name. Fuck him. Wow. Feel like I should have done a little clip of that and spotlight. <laughs> Any hey ho, um, but yeah, it, it it's good because it means we've not actually got dead weight around the club. Frankly, um, I guess oh, one, one more, one left. Well, there's one left. Jim, stop stealing my intros for him, my man. But yeah, you are right. Like uh, we, we've got a couple of days until the uh, transfer window slams shut, and we are doing a, a deadline day show special. Of course, we are, guys. One player who it seems to have gone a bit quiet with is Daniel Podent. Who uh, is he on strike? Is, <laughs> uh, is he on sabbatic? I, 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 you know, I, I don't quite know the correct term for it at the moment. But mm, we'll uh, talk- are you on? Are you on strike if no one wants you? <laughs> like it's like it's like when one of the part timers at work leaves, and then you go. And someone goes, ah, oh, oh, by the way, uh, do you fancy one of these uh, donuts? Uh, Linda uh, left them. Oh, what's happened to Linda? She gone on leave. Oh no, she's left. Is she retired. Oh fuck, I didn't realise. That's basically what's happening here. Like no one, no one really cares anymore. I don't think you can be on strike when when no one's chasing you. I think someone <laughs> someone stole the stool from outside of his house so he can't get out of his door because he's so small. Hey no, hey no. <laughs> he's um I think that that is the I mean I said it last week there I only had that it's it's massively telling that he can't even go to Scotland that he's such a toxic little shit that no one is worth no one's willing to take him on a on a knockdown deal when his contract expires in next June he's he's another one again if he didn't open his mouth, his digital mouth so much on Insta and, and slag everyone off, maybe it'd be beneficial to him and maybe he wouldn't have such a reputation which he seems to have got because there's clearly a player there who could do a job, not in the maybe not in the Premier League, but Saudi Arabia, Scotland, is it like Greece. What are the one of the second not not the top top level, but one of the second tier UEFA um, leagues, especially, he's not good enough for the Premier League. I, I know, you know, oh yeah, top assist scorer, but that's like saying, oh, syphilis is not as bad as AIDS. It's like, well, yeah, <laughs> we know, we know how bad we are. But he was the the least bad of the rest of them last year. The, the quicker he's gone, the better. And the fact that no one's coming for him again proves my point. He's a toxic influence over everyone. The fact that you got Cunha coming out, taking the piss out of him in a kind of roundabout way in his little post about coincidence last week. Nah, I, I think that's going to be the, that'll be the, the major problem of this window that we can't shift him. And then what do we do? Pay him up. That's, I think well, that's, that's the only option. I think, I think you, the, the, your point about character uh, stat is an interesting one for me, Stu, because sometimes I, you know, I don't think teams care all that much when it comes down to it. If they think if a if a coach thinks they can get more out of a player, I think they put up with a bit of a not bad character necessarily, but not a hundred percent one. And here's someone who has been quite keen to spout off on social media for opponents. And for me, the the move for him would be to Knott's Forest. 
in terms of <laughs> yeah exactly exactly because it ticks all the boxes in terms of level location whatever but he can't move to forest of course he fucking can't he tried to he tried to fight half her team last <laughs> but you're telling me he you know the um you know if Brennan Johnson moves to Spurs that that move would make sense to me for Podents, but it, it it just won't happen. You go go well. Where does he go? I don't know. So there might be stuff cooking in the background. These things do happen very quickly. Let's be honest. You know the the Santiago Bueno stuff that's been in the last twenty four hours. Mm. I don't think it's it's been today. Um, if we're being honest, it's not like it's been a long drawn out affair. Um. So hopefully he does get a move because again, similar to Guedes, you just don't want the dead weight is a bit too harsh on Podence because he has contributed to this football club. And you know, I, I I might not be his biggest admirer like some, but you know, I'll still respect what he has done on occasions for the club. But do we see anyone else moving between now and the end of the window, guys? Um... I think the the bombs the bombing the bomb squad is is done. I think hopefully that's the last of the mm. you know we need to have a squad to work with for the remaining months before uh, the January window. So no, I, I can't see any more outgoings really personally. Yeah, I think it's all, I think it's all going to be on incomings. Um, hopefully, guys. Right, let's wrap up today's show. Big thanks to everyone listening. Um, right, I want to do one question though. Um, I'm really sorry, guys, because we're on an hour. Um, Wolves fan from the USA. Can someone explain to me the outrage of the price of pies? <laughs> um, a sporting event here is at least double that price. Also, the season ticket price um, of £700. A single NFL game um, or NBA game will cost that amount. We must be doing something wrong here. And um, that's from Benjamin um, Howland. Howland, I'd say. Howland. Howland. <laughs> Well, I can tell you, you are doing something wrong there. It's called capitalism. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's the end of the... <laughs> I mean, do, do you any car thoughts on the price of pies very quickly? Or can I, I think just... I, I said this. I said it to um, to Joshua Buckley on um, from Hole at Walls that we we guested on last year, Rich. Um, you did that. It's he had the same point as well. But the main point with this, we're not America and we're in Wolverhampton and not London. And when you put the pie, the pie thing, when you're going up from £4.15 to £5.70 in the space of four months, mm. yeah, everyone could clearly afford it, but it's the principle of the thing. And, yeah, and the and same we don't pay extortionate healthcare bills. So, yeah. And the, the same with the season ticket prices. It's affordable for people who've got it and you've got really no choice, but you'd rather not. Like, they'd rather not be killing each other every day, but you do. So it's yeah. it's, it's it's either or. It's, it's not good enough to put the prices up and it's not good enough for them to charge what they charge for the NFL and NBA either. It's yeah. ridiculous. But because there's so few games, they get away with it. Yeah. Without getting political, it's the same country where they charge $20,000 for somebody to give birth. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Genuinely, it's ridiculous. So, to even compare us to that country is impossible. It is impossible. There we go, guys. There we go. Well, let's wrap up today's show. Big thanks to everyone who's tuned in live. 
on YouTube, everyone who's watched it back on there, and everyone who's listened um, on podcasts as well. Um, big shout out to our new platform providers, Audi, as well, uh, wherever you get your podcasts uh, from. We will be back on Transfer Deadline Day to give a preview of the Palace show and also cover the transfers uh, coming in that evening as well. Hopefully, it will actually be a busy show that day because I'm I'm in my tenth year doing this as fancast now, and I can't. I'm try, I was like I'm trying to work out how many of them we've actually done deals with on the last day. So hopefully, there'll be at least stuff to talk about this year. Um, as always, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to us on YouTube, guys. Um, for the people who are already watching, make sure you just do it now. Um, and make sure you're following us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or we talk to YouTube and TikTok as well. We're really cool when we do TikToks now, guys. Um, so until next time, it's goodbye from Matt. Take it easy, everybody. Look after yourselves. Have a great rest of the week. It's goodbye from Jafo. Peace and love, guys. Look after yourselves. And it's goodbye from Stu. See you later, everyone. See you Friday. It's, and it's goodbye from me, Pies Before Profit. Thank <laughs> you.